Hey Johnny, it's great to have um, this opportunity to continue our chat and thank you again for your time. Um, in the last couple of discussions we've spoken a lot about um, the life that we're all facing at the moment, challenges we're facing, disruption and so on and the move now to a new um, view of wellness perhaps and a more holistic view of wellness. Um, it's been great discussion, I know we've had some really um, important concepts for people to now start to reflect on. Um, one of the things that's really struck me is the importance of, of meditation being something we do every day and that it becomes a habit that we just now bring into our life like you would an infrared sauna. For us it's part of our daily habit and we don't feel right if we don't do it. So I'm interested, you know, as a meditation teacher, you've actually helped tens of thousands of people um, and users of your One Giant Mind meditation app um, to actually now create a meditation habit. Yes. So for those listening today, what's what could you share as your you know best ideas or, or thoughts to to start to establish meditation as a daily habit? It's to be really clear as to why it is you're doing it. You know, what's your why? And then to draw upon that at the moment where you're like, oh, it's meditation o'clock, but I really just want to go and do that. Mm. I know that if I do it, it's going to be great. But just, oh, just can't be bothered sitting down right now. I just want to keep going. Mm. The thing that stops us from doing what we know would really benefit us is actually the habit that we're trying to break. So establishing habits also involves breaking old habits. Mm -hmm. We can't just expect that old habits will die. As the old saying goes, old habits die hard. They'll just fall to the wayside because we've got this new idea of how we think we should live and what we should be doing on a regular basis. Yes. We have to understand what it is that formulated the old habit in the first place. We, need, we at least need to reflect upon it and, and interact with the area in which it dwells. We don't have to absolutely understand it, but start giving attention to it. And when we do, we start to realize, oh, this really is something that I don't want to do anymore. And if we can connect with the why I'm doing this, and why I don't want to do the other thing anymore mm -hmm. and really just have an honest conversation with ourselves, even if you choose not to do the meditation or the, the jog or the spin class or the whatever, in that moment, you're at least doing it consciously. And if you're going to resist or choose not to do what you know is good for you, at least do it with awareness and then do it with awareness to the extent that you, you declare to yourself, I'm going to choose not to do this and I'm just going to continue at least being aware of the outcome of my decision mm -hmm. and let's see what it yields. And if you can sustain sufficient awareness and go, okay, like the other night, we got these really yummy wasabi chips, these things. And, you know, if I eat them past like 7 o'clock at night, when I wake up in the morning, I, I feel a little bit like not quite right. Mm. And I was craving them at like 8 o'clock at night, <laughs> 8 or 9 o'clock mm. at night. And I'm like, mm, I really feel like those wasabi chips. And I'm like, yeah, but you know how they make you feel. You're like, 
yeah, I do, but I still really want them. And I'm like, okay, have them, but let's just really pay attention to how it makes you feel in the morning and then let's have a very honest conversation. Mm. Let's re- have an honest reflection. Mm. So I ate the wasabi chips, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Woke up in the morning, felt crap. I was like, oh, yeah, no, these are really not good. Okay, why is it that I choose to reward myself with something that I know doesn't make me feel good? Mm. And I got a lot of insight about that. And the next night, the craving came back and I was like, okay, let's be very honest with ourselves now. Do you want to have that experience Mm -hmm. again? No. Are you still going to have the chips? I'd really like to. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. It's like a hangover. Despite the yeah. fact that you know it's not, yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know it's not going to serve you, mm. there's still the desire to want to do it. Mm. Fascinating that we're like that as human beings. Yeah, it's good in the moment. Yeah. So I just made the choice. I'm like, not tonight. And I woke up the next morning and I, was, and I chose to acknowledge, oh, I feel really good and had a great day. And then the next night, I had the craving again. I'm like, this little kind of reward system, this little hit of yeah, you not know, working. serotonin mm. or whatever it is that I'm getting, mm. the endorphins that I'm getting from mm. a little bit of chocolate, mm. a little treaty treat at night, it's compensating for something. And so, again, you know, this principle of awareness plays such a critical role in us tr- truly dissecting and understanding what's driving our behavior. Now, you can take a, a sledgehammer of sheer steel will mm. and go, no, I'm not going to do it. But that kind of level of rigidity, it's not sustainable. Anybody that has to apply such brute force to cause the development of a new habit invariably is going to slip mm. and fling back into old stuff. Or you're going to be a very rigid, uptight person that is not going to appreciate being tempted by things. And, you know, we want to be relaxed and free in our habit forming and habit dissolving. So I cut myself a degree of slack and I have a a commitment to myself, a certain sensibility where I will only allow myself, you know, a little bit of latitude for research to really understand. And then once the data is in, okay, I, I understand what's going on here. Am I going to continue ignoring this? Mm. And, you know, on the occasion I do, and I don't beat myself up about it, but I have a very honest conversation. And what I've noticed over the years with many things that were not really serving me, they just naturally fell away because I trained the habit over time. Mm. And there was gentleness, there was patience, and there was awareness. Now, you know, if you're somebody that, I mean, most people that, um, come to learn meditation, are like, I'm going to be the person you can't teach, mm. is what I hear pretty much every time. Okay. You have no idea what's going on inside my mind. I know I'm not going to be able to do this, but I'm mm. here because a friend said I should come here and it's really great. And um, and then after you know four sessions, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I can do this. This is amazing. I can do it. It's so easy. Learning to meditate, a lot of people have resistance to it initially mm-hmm. because they think it's going to be a really difficult thing mm. and they're not going to be able to practice it. Actually, learning to meditate is one of the easiest things you can learn if you've got a, a good technique and, and you know, clear instruction. And then you know, starting it 
is not difficult. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a process of developing sufficient self-awareness to be honest with yourself when you choose not to do it, mm -hmm. knowing that it's doing such good things for you. Mm. And going on the journey, a part of the meditation journey, a part of learning to meditate is learning how to establish a habit. Part of learning to establish a habit is being okay with, with dropping it for a moment and mm. not doing it. But do it consciously. Do it deliberately. Yeah. Don't, don't go into like the, 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 the naughty boy corner mm. or the naughty girl corner and, and then you know, replace it with some naughty sneaky habit. That you know is not good for you. Mm. But you go, okay, look, I'm choosing not to meditate right now. It's fine. Mm. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. But I'm going to be fully aware of what happens when I don't relative to the experience that I've had when I do. Yes. And then over time, what one discovers is if I continue engaging with myself and I'm going to be real and honest with myself, eventually I'm going to make the choice to do the thing that's best mm. for me. And then I'll go, I'll have that experience again. I'll have a cycle of enjoying that. And yeah. then I may fall off the wagon again. And all of this is part of it. Remembering the benefits, forgetting the benefits. Remembering the benefits, forgetting the benefits. And what we notice is if we, if we relax like this, the, the space between um, remembering and forgetting gets shorter and shallower. Because mm. sometimes initially the space between remembering and forgetting or, or forgetting, the, the space of forgetting can be long and it can be deep. Mm. It's like, oh, well, I really need to be reminded of that. I completely forgot. How did I forget? This is such a great thing. It's so easy. All I have to do is just sit and close my eyes and do this thing and mm. I'm having this great experience. How did I forget that? Mm. What we notice is if we're implementing this awareness pro process, we, we are shortening the, the, the amount of time that we forget and we are um, making more shallow the experience mm. so that we can see through it. And then the time for remembering becomes longer and deeper mm. and more established until eventually the bouts of forgetfulness about mm. the benefits and why we should do this, it's almost non-existent mm. to the point where we just wouldn't consider dropping a meditation. It's like yeah. not That's for anything. Mm. It's not, yeah. And so habit is formed based on reason. Not just I'm going to trick my brain and my body into doing something mm. while there's resistance. Understand while there's resistance. This is a part of the process. We have been conditioned into doing things that are not good for us because there is a belief there. There is something there that is reinforcing it. And if we can disarm that, deep, deprogram that, mm. pull all the, the circuits out of the board mm -hmm. and stick them in new ones, over time, eventually, it just kicks in mm -hmm. and it's sustainable. You know, we're not having to use surface-based mental affirmations to keep us on track. Mm. We're relaxed. We're calm. We're like, no, I understand why I'm doing this. It's really good. Yeah. And I've gone on a beautiful journey of discovering what happens when I don't do it. Mm. This is, we, we want to graduate into this higher level of operation in terms of our capacity to sustain things that we know are good for us. And from a practical perspective, I know a lot of um, people we speak to, you know, based on their lifestyle pressures and stresses, they're short of time. You know, this concept of creating space and time for yourself is challenging. So that's where for me the opportunity to have it stack is so um, relevant. You know, the benefit of having an infrared sauna every day and then also meditating 
in that environment, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, from your experiencing now having your sauna and, and, and being able to combine two very vital and complementary wellness techniques, let's say, mm -hmm. what, what do you feel is, well, what would be your message regarding you know, the importance of habit stacking? So again, trying to shift our conscious awareness and our, our decisions about what we do bring into our life and how mm -hmm. we make time for these important things. They don't have to be separate. They can be conducted at the same time. Sure, we can be clever in the way in which we structure our time to, yeah. to do more mm. that's good for us, definitely. Mm. But I think the underlying thing that we need to address is this idea that we don't have enough time. Mm. You know, the way in which we live is a construct of our own expectations, our own beliefs, and um, our own yeah, our ideas of what we think we need to be doing. And all of it is therefore um, to be challenged and changed mm. according to what it is we truly want. We only need to access that part of the, the, the motherboard, mm. you know, to change the circuitry on things. Yep. And, you know, most people are, are, are very reluctant to, to, to look at that um, because it then puts us in the position of accountability and responsibility. And that, that level of accountability and responsibility is overwhelming if we feel like we just, we don't have a sense of power to make change in our life. Mm. It's like, oh, you're telling me that that's actually my choice and that I'm not a victim of something, um, then I'm finding that terribly overwhelming. Mm. This is a message for those people, for individuals that are ready to really make change in your life. Any... Any assumption that you have that there is not enough time for you to do at least one 20-minute meditation, you know, because some people aren't going to have access to an infrared sauna, mm. but everybody has access to their mind. Mm. Everybody has access to their body. There is 10 minutes in a day that you can do some sort of movement sequence and sit and close your eyes and practice meditation. You know, we've created a free app and you mm. know, it removes again another barrier. Yes. It's like, true excuse, download it, get going. Mm -hmm. There is always time for us. And if there's not, mm. the way that you're living is unsustainable. And you know, the only people that I would really kind of be more compassionate and sympathetic to in saying that they don't have time are like single parents with several children and mm. you know working full-time all of that and it's just phew. but my the way that i address that is how do you think you can afford not to take time to meditate and try and keep the wheels on this thing mm. and um that's that's my position we can't afford not to yeah. People say, I don't, I don't have the time. I can't afford it. I don't have the time. I'm like, you don't have, you, you, you can't afford not to do this mm. right now. And we have to challenge our ideas of our, our daily routines and what we think we have time for and what we don't. Because we actually spend a large amount of time with no one is absolutely productive all the time. There's a lot of wheel spinning happening. Mm. 
Totally. And particularly, you know, yeah, exactly. And this, you know, 10 minutes is all it takes to change, to really move the needle. 10 minutes. And then you slowly up that up to 20, and then you introduce a second 20 minute practice. It's going to completely transform your life. Completely. If um, you are somebody that really feels like you don't have time, it's going to give you the awareness to see the way in which you live and innovate. There is always options. No one is absolutely stuck. There is always a way to, to start moving out of our situation. Even people in prison, they move inward. They're like, okay, my, my freedom's restricted. Four by four. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to sit here and go inward and see what I can change in here. And there is always a way. There's always options. And that's confronting because that means, oh, I have to show up mm. every day. And that, for most people, is the biggest challenge, showing up and being willing to sit in that discomfort of accountability. And that's generally just because we've been indoctrinated into this idea that you can't change what is. And what you are is something less than what you feel yourself to be or what, something you wish you were. The good news is, though, we are far more than what we ever imagine ourselves to be. This is the great discovery of the self. When we start moving inward, we realize, oh my goodness, look what I can do here. Look what I can change. That thing I've been lugging around my whole life, I just shook it off. I just freed myself of it. What else can I do? Get rid of that. I can resolve that. I can introduce this. Wow, I'm having a good time. This is our potential. We need to unlock that as a matter of urgency. Yeah. I say it's a social responsibility. Yeah. We have to free ourselves. For sure. Yes. Yes. You know, people say, oh, it's really important that we teach the kids. I say it's more important to teach the parents mm. because kids model parents. Mm. And if kids are modeling a parent that's in an empowered, aware, awake yeah. state and they are living life, making choices from that place, the kid's going to model that. Mm. And it's just going to naturally be there. Now, invariably, the world is a very stressful place to live in and it's going to compound that kid's you know, sense of self and all of that. Then they're going to have to apply their own tools to, to make sure there's enough space for them to feel liberated within themselves, to live a full and whole, whole life. And introducing meditation at that point is probably a really important thing. But again, you know, more important to teach the teachers and the parents how to meditate, let them become full whole humans and start realizing the responsibility that we have as caretakers of our, of our children, that it's the embodied state. It's not what you say, it's what you do, it's how you're thinking, is what they're seeing and what they're modeling. And if you are saying and doing something contrary to how you live, then that's what they'll model. You, we, we can't trick the system. Mm. Mirror neurons mm. are, are absorbing everything, the whole program, which is, oh, what you do is pretend to be something, but actually something else is going on. That's how you do it. That's what kids model. And so they'll grow up like that. 
Yeah. And so the cycle continues. So, you know, we can't cheat the system in that way. We can't pretend. We can't fake it until mm. we make it. We've got to be the real deal. We've got mm. to be the authentic article in order for the kids to really go up. And this is why there's always such a rift between generations. Oh, my parents, mm. you know, yeah. is because, you know, intrinsically what they're seeking is reality and connection. And invariably the kids outgrow the model. Mm-hmm. They're like, eh, that model you're operating mm-hmm. on, you know, it it's old and daggy. It's mm-hmm. not working for me. Why? But there's a timelessness in authenticity, in realness, and in, in an expanded, empowered awareness. It's universal and it's timeless. And you will have a powerful relationship with your children if what you are is powerful in your presence. And you can mirror back to them the beauty and the truth of who they are and their ability to do whatever it is they desire to do in this world, to support that, to nurture that. So, Johnny, there's so much that we've been able to cover um, in the last couple of discussions, but I also am conscious there's so much more to, you know... We should do it again. Yeah, to, to <laughs> chat about. Um, we're only just beginning, you know, in many ways, and I think what's, what's lovely is that people can go to your One Giant Mind app, you know, to now think about practically how do I take a positive step forward, um, so we can highly recommend that from our own experience. So the One Giant Mind app will get you started on your meditation journey. We've also thoroughly enjoyed your um, book, The Golden Sequence. Um, there's lots of gems in that, and we've given that to all of our kids and nep- nieces and nephews. And great. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We love it. It's um, and you've brought a new dimension. You know, that's what we were seeking at Sunlight, and we're really pa- passionate about building a foundation on which we can thrive and a lot of the things that we're focused on to date are more of the physiological shifts that we need in the balance in that area but you've brought a vital new dimension to the discussion you know in now thinking about our mind the power of meditation and to me it is absolutely foundational you know at any age and we're never too old and we're probably almost never too young to start a practice like that but um for me you've instilled in your messaging the importance of individuals taking accountability for their actions and how they choose to live their life, Um, that this is something that will create a positive shift. It is something for everyone. And for me, there's really no reason why we shouldn't take a step forward to meditation. Um, We've adopted the practice. We're loving it. We're experiencing the benefit. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, And thank you for sharing, you know, You've got a wealth of wisdom, we know, but you've shared some of your wisdom through these discussions. We could keep talking forever. Um, I would just encourage people to go on the journey, you know, with you, um, guided by you, because it is an unknown what we will tap into. Um, but it is exciting. We can guarantee that. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, you for what yeah. you have shared with us. It has been thought-provoking um, it will trigger, I think, the curiosity in everyone's minds to go out and try, you know, meditation. And hope so. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so. And yeah. uh, and also, we're we're so grateful and thank you for being a friend of Sunlight mm. and, and you know for having this opportunity to share. Yeah, uh, we feel the same. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thank so you much. so much. Thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs>